I want to talk to you today, Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world. Everyone say every nation. Please, you're going to have to help me preach today, okay? Every nation. And preach the gospel to every creature. Everyone say every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And his signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken these things, he was received up into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God and they went out and preached everywhere. Everyone say, Jesus sat down. But the church went out. The church didn't sit down. The church went out, preaching everywhere. Everyone say, every nation, every creature, everywhere. The church went, you know, preaching everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. I want to talk to you today, and the title of my message this morning is Mission Possible. Mission Possible. Possible, amen. I want to talk about something that someone say. Well, someone may say, well, this is kind of this is kind of foundational, Pastor Lewis. You know, just give us something deeper. And I want to submit to you today that you know, there's nothing deeper than the foundations. The deepest part of this building is not the ceiling; it's the foundations. And probably the most important part of this building is the foundations. And I want you to know that in our Christian faith, what I have just read is probably some of the most powerful and most, the most foundational and yet powerful uh, words that Jesus ever spoke. And these are words that we need to take to heart lest we forget <laughs> why are we here, what church is all about, amen, hallelujah. So the Bible says that going to all the world, that's every nation, Preach the gospel to every creature, that every creature. And the Bible says that they, Jesus sat down, but they went out everywhere preaching the gospel. So every nation, everyone say every nation, every creature, everywhere. So, you know, no one was to be left untouched. No one was in the mind of Jesus to be left unreached by this gospel. But Jesus wants this, this gospel to go out, never to just be confined to the four uh, doors of a building or just in the, confined to the, the doctrinal statement of our church. But God, Jesus wanted this gospel to, to get out there. Amen. Uh, the, the only force that can contain the gospel is not the devil because the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The funny enough, interestingly enough, the only people that can stop the gospel is us when we keep it to ourselves. But when we release the gospel, the gospel is an uncontainable force. The gospel is 
uh, uh, a, a pandemic of unstoppable proportions that just keeps on spreading more and more and more and more. Amen. Come on, somebody get excited with this this morning. Hallelujah. Now, in, I want you to know that nations have always been in the heart of God. Psalm, 20, Psalm 2 and verse 7 says this. It says, I will declare a decree. The Lord has said to me, <coughs> you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations. Everyone say nations. For your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. So this is a messianic psalm. And part of this psalm is a conversation between the Father, Father God, and the Son. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Just gonna <clears throat> suck one up on one of these. Oops, <laughs> to go. Go on. Do you know the three second rule? One, two, three, come on. <laughs> okay, go on in. <coughs> hey, you know what? I'm a missionary. A bug in a cup of coffee just means more protein. You know, so don't worry about it. I'm not going to die. I'll live and not die. These signs will follow those who believe. If they, if they eat anything deadly, shall by no means hurt them. So there you are. That's okay. I'm a believer. You may call me crazy. But this has worked for me, okay, so for many years. Praise God. <laughs> Pastor Josh, thanks. For, did you wash your hands? <laughs> oh, no. no. Just joking. Just joking. So this, this passage is a conversation between the father and the son. And what are they talking about? They're talking about nations. So I want you to see that nations have always been in the mind of God. The father and the son, they're talking about nations. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. So the obvious implications that, of his statement is that nations should come to Jesus. Someone, someone wrote this. They said, God is a missionary God. He had only one son, and he sent him as a missionary. You know, all nations must come to Jesus. Israel, but the nations of the world as well. And the apostle Peter had this, a revelation of this when in Acts chapter 10, the Holy Spirit told him to go and share the gospel with someone who was from another nation. The Bible says he was an Italian and, um, and so for a Jewish person, it was unlawful to keep company with someone who was not of the Jewish nation. But the Holy Spirit showed the Apostle Paul that he shouldn't call, shouldn't call any man common or unclean. And so there we find Peter opened his mouth, chapter 10, verse 34. And he said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever works righteousness is accepted by him. In every nation. Everyone say every nation. Every nation. Every nation. So the Apostle Peter had a revelation of that. The Apostle, Paul is, the Apostle John is sowing to the future. And in Revelation, 
He saw that the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our Lord and Christ. That is the will of God that every nation become a nation of Jesus. And, uh, and this is the bottom line of the kingdom of God that, that every nation, every creature and everywhere should come to the knowledge of Jesus. That this gospel must be proclaimed that people might come to the knowledge of him. Not just in our world, not just here, in our civilized society, <laughs> whatever that is, whatever that means, but even to the darkest places of this planet. The world needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus. Is that mission impossible? No, because the Lord said that he worked with us just like you work with the, with the early church. And he said that these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. In my name, they'll speak with new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Last Thursday, I had just, we had just flown in and I had um, a, a lunch with a wonderful man of God, Pastor Ernest Tatapati from, from India. And this pastor is just visiting here. And, um, and he said, you know, at the age of eight, I gave my life to Jesus. And at the age of 10, as I was praying, suddenly this new language came. And I started speaking in this brand new language I had never learned. And I started speaking in tongues. And he said that uh, in his church that had never happened. And his father was not a Christian, didn't know what had happened to this young man. And so took him to the, um, uh, to the temple where there was this, there was this high-powered um, temple priest uh, to deal with this strange phenomenon that had happened to this young man. And he said that the moment the temple priest came and touched him, that the temple priest fell backwards on the floor. And the temple priest rose up and said, get him out of here, get him out of here. If people know that his power is greater than my power, they'll never come again to this temple. Hallelujah, how many of you understand? Greater is the one in us than the one in the world. So his father took him then to the highest witch that lived in the tombs somewhere in, in a, some graveyard somewhere in some... And then she said that when, she, when he got there, when the young man got there, he said that this, it, it was scary. It was at night and in the middle of the tombs. And there was this woman, you know, and she had this kind of, this um, orange sort of paint all through her, and she looked really scary. And the moment she looked at him, at Pastor Ernest, who wasn't a pastor then, uh, just looked at little Ernest, said, get him out of here. He has a different spirit. He has a big spirit. Amen. And then she said, he has the spirit of Christ. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Wow, isn't that amazing? <laughs> Praise God. And at the age of 14, he started pastoring a church because people were coming from everywhere to get rid of their demons because God had empowered him. He had spoke with, with new tongues and he was now a spirit-filled believer. Come on, somebody, somebody. Hallelujah. It is mission possible today, Pastor Ernest, is a church of 7,000 people, and he, he oversees a number of many, many churches. Hallelujah. And he said, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to build a church, uh, uh, like an auditorium. Our auditorium uh, packs 1,800 people four times a Sunday, and we need an auditorium of 7,000 people. I'm thinking, why are people coming to us about building their churches? 
because we want to build our own church up there. Amen. And we are building churches in India. We're building in churches in Africa. We're inaugurating them. And the, Lord, the Lord spoke to me and reminded me. He said, don't quit your dream. Joseph had a dream. But first he worked on everybody else's dreams. And then one day his own dream come to pass. Came to pass. Hallelujah. Amen. So, hey, let's work. Let's, let's sow. Let's bless. We, sow. we sent such a generous, huge mega offering to Pastor Benitan up in the in the in the goal, in the Sunshine Coast, so, so that they could buy the land. So we're working on other people's dreams. But I guess, guess what? God, our God's dream for us is going to come to pass. Hey Amen. We're going to build by the roadside in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, believe we're going to do it. A big auditorium, so we will no longer just be that church down at the bottom. We will be right up there, you know, visible for the whole place to see, for everyone in Roville and beyond to see that there's a bunch of people crazy about Jesus, in love with Jesus. Amen. Come on, and we're going to pack it. We're going to pack it in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on. I think we need dreamers and believers in these days. But you see, God has nations in mind. And right from the beginning of time, he's had nations in mind. Interestingly, despite the words of Jesus that we've just read, going to all the world, the, initially the early believers, they thought that Jesus meant going to the diaspora of the Jews and going to whatever Jews are in the world, preach the gospel only to the Jews. Until Peter had this revelation by the Holy Spirit that God wanted to reach not just Jews, but he actually wanted to reach nations, nations around the world. And it's interesting that for 36 years after the ascension of Jesus, the church never left Jerusalem. They stayed in Jerusalem and in the surrounding areas. It took the persecution uh, of Stephen, and after that they went everywhere and they preached the word. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So, so... Uh, I, I want you to see nations have always been in the heart of God. Right from the earliest, the beginning of time, God had nations in mind. Re reaching other nations was not an afterthought of God. Because things didn't quite work out with the Jewish nation, then God said, okay, then I better try this with other nations. No, God always had a plan for the nation of Israel, and God always had a plan for the nations of the world. And one plan, one plan does not replace the other plan. Amen. They have specific plans. But God always had a plan for the nations of the world. The very first book of the Bible, that in the Torah, the very first book of the Bible speaks about this man, Abraham, 4,000 years before Jesus. And God said to this man that in him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. So right from the earliest of times, 4,000 years before Jesus came, God already had nations in mind. And God blessed Abraham, but God blessed him so that he would also bless the nations of the world. Genesis 12, 1 and 3. Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country and of your family and from your family and your father's house to a land that I will show you and I'll make you a great nation. And I'll bless you, and I'll make your name great, and it shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I'll curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And if you read Galatians 3, 
especially verses 8 and 9, we realize that the Gentile church is here today because of that promise made to Abraham 4,000 years before Jesus came. Because God blessed Abraham and God already had nations in mind, because of that blessing, because of that declaration over Abraham, the Gentile church is here today. Church in every nation, every tongue. I mean, you go, wherever you go in the world, you hear of people that have come to Christ. I've been to the depths of the jungles among the pygmies in Congo. And in those jungles, you cannot even see the sun because it's covered by the trees. But right there, there are pygmy pastors. The, the light of the gospel is shown in those remote places. Amen. Just like in, the, in Alaska, in, in whatever you go in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. This gospel has been preached. Now, nations were in the first book of the Bible and they are in the last book of the Bible, Revelation 5, 9, and 10. They sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and every tongue and people and nation and made us kings and priests unto our God and you shall reign, and you shall reign on the earth. Revelation 7, 9, and 10. And after these things looked, I looked and behold a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations. Everyone say all nations. Every nation. Every creature. Everywhere. Amen. All nations, tribes, peoples, tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I mean, come on, they're singing with a loud voice. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm going to be part of that singing with a loud voice, with all the decibels, supernatural decibels of God all cranked up. Hallelujah. Echoing through the universe that there's a people redeemed by the blood of Jesus out of every nation on the face of the planet. Hallelujah. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. The nations, nations. You know, have you noticed how our church is a church of nations? Come on. We're, I'm looking across. And there are so many nations represented here. This is a little bit like what heaven is going to be like. Amen. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm amazed, at, I'm amazed at people that just want to be with their own. How boring is that? Come on, mingle, mix up, get to know one another, find out where they're coming from, what their culture is like, learn a little bit of their language. Come on. You know, praise God how boring it is. You know, food without a little bit of spice from here and there, just bland. Come on, don't live a bland life. Hallelujah, just live a spicy life. Come on, hallelujah. Don't ever be kind of clicky and sit with all the people that I always sit with, but just sit with somebody else, someone who doesn't look like you. I remember when I was in New Zealand and we were, our church was mostly uh, kind of, you know, uh, kind of middle class, white Caucasian, you know, sorry, white Caucasian, sorry, nothing wrong with that, but I kind of felt a bit bored after a while. 
I still love our church. We're kind of, we're a big, big mixture of everybody. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I love that. Different languages. Amen. We speak. You know, the people here that speak all kinds of languages. Amen. I'm not even going to try to go there, but there's so many languages. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, mungwa kubariki. Hallelujah. That means, my praise the Lord in Swahili. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's tongues. Okay, tongues. Translating tongues is shababa. Okay, here we go. All right, it's just joking. Come on, somebody get happy. Hey, Amen. Come on, guys. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. I'm running out of time here. All right. So Jesus demonstrated God's love for people of different nations. When he ministers to people like, for instance, the Syrophoenician woman, she was a Greek. She was a Greek. Jesus ministered to her. The Samaritan woman by the well, the Bible says Jesus needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go. It means that it was not accidental. He reached out to someone who was outside his people group. He needed to go through Samaria. And he found a woman by the well. Amen. And um, he, went, he went through a man in Gadara. Oh, Gadara, tough place. He crossed the lake, faced a cold night, a storm, to come to uh, the most unkosher of places for a Jewish person. A place where they farmed pigs. They farmed pigs, and when they went there, there was this demon-possessed man, but he went to reach out to this man who was not kosher. He was outside the commonwealth of Israel, but he reached out to him. He faced the night, and he was cold, and, and got there, and didn't, welcome, didn't have a, a welcome committee. He got a man out of the tombs, cutting himself, and Jesus cast the demons out of him, and when everyone in that place, a bunch of ungrateful people, when, when they saw that Jesus had taken care of their problem, they asked Jesus, okay, you've taken care of our problem, now go away, please. We want to continue with our pigs. One more night with the pigs. Don't leave with the pigs, amen? Leave with Jesus, amen? Don't swap pigs for Jesus. Don't swap anything for Jesus. Jesus is worthy, hallelujah. He's powerful, come on, hallelujah. And then the man that got, that got saved, he wanted, he wanted to hang on to Jesus. Jesus said, now go to your house. Go to your oikos. Go to your household and tell them how the Lord has had compassion on you. And the Bible says this, this man, oh, the first missionary in the Bible, went to a place called Decapolis, which means ten cities. He went to ten unkosher, ten um, uh, pagan-filled cities in those days and preached the gospel to all of them. That's the first missionary in the Bible right there, a man who was demon-possessed. But Jesus went out of his way to reach out to this man. Come on. Amen. God wants nations to be saved. You've got the Greeks in John chapter 12, etc., etc. Everyone say with me, every nation, every creature, everywhere. Matthew 28, verse 19. You've never heard this scripture before. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's why we had that picture there with people being baptized, because it's happening. And it's happening because we are, we are contributing to that. You know, thank God for that. Thank God for those finances. You know, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Everyone say, the end of the age. Let me just say something. God only has one plan from the beginning to the end of the age. And that's 
that people may come to him, that nations may come to Jesus. That is the only agenda of God. That is the only plan of God. He so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son for this one purpose, that everyone who would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. That is the agenda of the church. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So before there was time, God had a conversation with himself about nations. In the beginning of time, God rose a man, Abraham, and said, in one day new, all nations shall be um, blessed. And then in the fullness of time, he sent Jesus. But in the end of time, he's sending the church. He said, behold, I am with you even to the end of the age. We are at the end of the age. I mean, things can't get any worse than this, okay? The people that talk about global warming, they're right. This thing's going to get hot in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, not just in climatic ways, but in crazy ways. When you think that people spend $600 million a day, you know, just to get their brains into some other space. You, you, you understand the world needs Jesus. Amen? So, so you know, we, we, need, we, need, we are that voice at the end of the age. So once they asked Jesus in Luke 13, 23, they says, Are there few who are saved? Are there few who are saved? And in verse 29, Jesus made this statement. Jesus said, They will come. Everyone said they will come. Do you have an unsaved relative? Declare it. He will come. She will come. In Jesus' name, they will come. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Michelle, good to see you, Michelle. You will go. Amen. You will go, Michelle. Michelle is here on temporary loan because her place is in Africa. Amen. You will go, Michelle. You will go, Michelle. Don't lose the dream. You will go. But Jesus said, they will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and they will sit down in the kingdom of God. So two things are important about this passage. Number one, that it's not yet time to sit down, okay? It's time to go. One day we will sit down. But the second thing is this. They will come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Every nation, they will come to Jesus. They will come to Jesus. One day they'll come. Everyone will come. Everyone will, will need to have the uh, opportunity to hear about Jesus. So they'll come. Everyone is included in the blessing, but everyone is included in the mission. Everyone loves a blessing. Everyone loves to declare, well, I'm blessed with Abraham. Everyone loves to declare Galatians 3.16. Well, I'm, I'm not under the curse of the law. I'm blessed with Abraham. You know, we're part of the blessing, but we're also part of the mission. Amen. Part of the mission. No one is excluded. No one, everyone is called to get involved. Amen. Come on. I'm trying to, ra I'm trying to rally the troops here today. Come on, troops. Come on, troops. Come on. Let's be a militant church. Come on, guys. Hey, let's not just uh, sit on our blessed assurance, but let's, let's do something. Hallelujah. Some can go. Amen, Michelle, Pastor Robin. Some can go. Steve Lazar, Heidi. Some can go. Some can send. Let's be senders. Some can pray. Some can pray. Some can provide. 
Some like Doreen over there said, what can I do? I can draw even though it's kind of hard because over time she's lost sight. Hey, we're praying with you, but hey, but she said, I'll do something. I can draw. And because she drew now out of that church in, in, the, in, the, in the rubbish dump, it's a rubbish dump that's about four or five uh, stories high, one kilometer, square kilometer, there's a church that we helped build right there in the dump. Nobody cared about those people, not even the government. When I went there, these people in the dump, they came and they hugged me. And they didn't smell like Chanel perfume. They worked in the dump. But now from that place, there's a sound coming out into the dump. And people are getting saved. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because, because someone said, you know what, I can, drew, I can do something. And, and I'll raise some money. And they now have a sound system to proclaim the gospel into the dump. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can I share one last story or are you not hurried? Sorry, I've just come out of Africa now. Just a few days ago, and they don't do short services there. <laughs> they don't have our first world problems. They're too desperate for Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Every time I think about it, you know, how, what can I do? Because people say, think, well, what can I do? And some people say, well, okay, that's it. I can't do anything, so I won't do anything. Let me say something. God can use whatever you offer him. And I want, to, I want to pray in the name of Jesus that everyone here will offer God something today. Offer your life to Him today. Offer your life to Him today. Offer your life to Him today. Offer whatever you have for Him today. Say, Lord, it's yours. I like my Mercedes. But God, if, if, if that can build a church in India, and we have a church in Bhopal, right? We have people asking us to build a church Bhopal. And by faith, I promised that pastor we would help build the church. And after that, I thought, why did I say that? Now we have to do something about it. But anyway, let, let's... <laughs> it was like, oh, oh, Pastor Lewis, come on. <laughs> let's just have lunch quickly. <laughs> but I always think of this story. Hey, what can we give to God? I'll, I'll never forget when we were in Portugal... There was a man that came to our church. I'll tell it quickly. I've told this story before, but it's so good. It's well, well worth telling it again. But this, when we were in Portugal, a man came to, came to our country, uh, where, uh, and he was a very wealthy man, a man from Angola, very wealthy man, came to the hospital to be treated in the hospital. And they, they did all kinds of tests, and they said, well, there's nothing we can do for you. You can go home because, sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. Get your house in order. You're going to die. It's terminal. The man was so puzzled. He was so amazed. He's like, well, I, I can pay any treatment. They said, well, there's no treatment available. He said, I have a lot of money. I have a lot of influence. I can go anywhere in the world. They said, well, it's the latest. We have the latest technology and the latest. Well, you know, there's not, nothing we can do for you. I'm sorry. So this man had, had learned to depend on his money all of his life. And now for the first time in his life, money can't help him. He's walking down the corridor of that hospital, depressed thinking, what am I going to do with my life, whatever is left of it? He heard, he heard the doctor say, it's terminal, it, you're going to die. He bumped into a lady. The lady, 
The lady said to him, hey, are you okay? The man said, no, I'm going to die. I've just heard this from the doctor. The lady said, what? You're going to die? The, the, the man said, yeah. The, the doctor said, it's terminal. It's terminal. The lady said, I heard of a church where God is healing the sick. The man said, what kind of church is that? Because to some people, church is a dark place, lit with candles, where God is aware to be seen and nothing ever happens. So he couldn't make the connection between church and, and anything that could happen to him. So he said, so said, what kind of church is that? They said, well, it, it, it's a church. I heard of a church. And they say God is healing the sick in that church. Why don't you go there? The man said, oh, I'm not sure about that. Is that some kind of a sect? The lady said, well, didn't you just tell me you were going to die? You can't get any worse. Go there. I mean, I just, just go there. I don't know the church myself, but I heard of this church. So the man came to our church. It was our church. And, and, and you know, uh, he gave his life to Jesus. He heard the message. He gave his life to Jesus. And then he came forward for prayer like we had a prayer time. He came forward for prayer, and he was prayed for. And when he was prayed for, God touched him, and he felt something in his body. And he started feeling better, and then the following day he's feeling better. And he's thinking, well, I wonder if something really happened to me. So he went back to the hospital, and he went to the hospital, and the same doctors, they ran the same amount of tests because he said, I can pay for it. And they paid, he paid, and they ran, and, and the same doctor said to him, we don't know what happened to you, but the only thing we can tell you is that something happened to you, you're not going to die, you're going to live, you're healthy. That thing is not there anymore. Oh, the man was puzzled. He's like, wow, praise God. You know, he's always happy. And, and, and uh, you know, he came back to our church. And in those days, you remember VHS days, the VHS tapes? How many of you remember for the younger ones? Sorry, guys. You know, there was a once upon a time, just after Ice Age, when dinosaurs still roamed the earth, there was a thing called uh, tapes, VHS tapes. All our services were recorded in VHS tapes. So he went to our library and got a VHS tape and, and took it home, went back to Angola, to Luanda, the capital city, and he played the tape. Well, actually, he told his, his wife and his kids, I was going to die. I was going to die. And, but then I went to this church, and they prayed for me, and God healed me. They, they, the wife's like, church? What kind of church is that? He said, well, I'm glad you asked that question. I've got a tape right here. So he had and put the tape, and, and they watched and my pastor used to preach long, very long, very long. And he preached a very long message. It was not even an evangelistic message. It was a message, a teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, can you imagine someone who's never heard anything, has never been to church, listening to someone preach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they sat through one hour of teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then at the end... The pastor said, now if you want to receive this blessing, all of you, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I want you to get out of your seats and you come forward to receive Jesus in order to qualify for this blessing. Number one, you need to be saved. Have your sins forgiven. Come now. And, and people are coming and his wife and his kids, they all went in front of the TV set and they gave their lives to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And then, and then he said, now I want you to open your mouth. Here comes the Holy Spirit. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. So he's, this man was very, very uh, wealthy, and he had a lot of friends. That normally happens when you're wealthy, you have a lot of friends. When you're broke, no one wants to, 
No one wants to know, wants to know you. It's like, why are you again? Uh, but anyway, he, 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 he did a big banquet, a huge banquet, and he invited all of his friends. They all came, and they all sat down, and, and they all, you know, they had a big meal. And when they were all full and fat and happy, you know, he said, okay, guys, now I want to tell you what happened to me. And he started sharing how he had something that was terminal. He was going to die. But, and, and, and I went to this church. And his friends are like, what? What church is that? What kind of church is that? They couldn't make the connection between church and miracles and God and all this kind of stuff. He said, I'm glad you asked that question. I've got a videotape right here. And I'm going to play this videotape. And they, I mean, all of his friends, you know, they all sat through more than an hour of teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It must have gone way over their heads. But right at the end, the pastor said, all of you, right now, in order to qualify for this great blessing, number one, you need to give your lives to Jesus. So from wherever you are in this auditorium, I want you to start making your way. Come down, come down and receive Jesus. All of his friends stood up. And went, they went in front of the TV set, and they gave their lives to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Then there was a prayer for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Guess what? They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And about three months later, we got a letter from this man. This man said, Pastor, ever since I've come back, I've just kept telling the story of what happened to me, my story. And playing this one tape, he said, I only have one story and one tape. Would you please send us more tapes? <laughs> Would you please send us maybe a pastor? We're going to start a church right here. So we sent a committee of pastors there. And, and there were three pastors that went there, and they could not believe their eyes. In this man's backyard every day, there were between one and 3,000 people listening to his story and watching this, video, this videotape in this little screen. You know, you remember those old bulky TVs, but little ones? You know, every day watching this little... Uh, uh, you know, let me just cut a long story short. The last time Pastor Alexander went there and I, they were meeting in the National Soccer Stadium 17,000 people in that church. And, um, and, and now, at the last count, the last, the last time we counted was 800 churches planted. 800 churches planted. You ask me, well, Pastor, Pastor, how did that happen? How did that happen? One man, one miracle, one story, one videotape. How many messages have we heard? How many layers and layers of anointing have we received? You know, one more, yeah. How many, how many studies? How, how, much, how much have we heard? And, and we, just, we just keep it all for ourselves. This man only had one story. He only had one videotape. But you know what? Out of that, God touched the whole nation. This is a true story. Who knows how God can touch the world through something you can do? Through something you can do. Through something, through some prayer you can pray, through some drawings, through some, some talent you have, through some business you have, through some idea that God gives you. Amen. Can I ask the musicians to come? Amen. Let's all stand to our feet today. We're closing this service today. I just want to share, I just want to challenge you. Do, do you feel challenged? Okay, my wife feels challenged, so okay, that's good. Anyone else feels challenged? 
Praise God. Hallelujah. I think it's time that we live lives beyond just ourselves, beyond our little world, and we live for the greater plan of God. You know, this is what church is all about. We're not here just for the entertainment of the saints. We're not here just to do our things and just get, be happy with ourselves. Just kind of do our thing. Yeah, I'll go to... No, we're here for the world. We're here to be a beacon of light. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I, I tell you what, I, I am your pastor. But God has not called evangelists, pastors, all of that for the entertainment of the saints. But it says for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Jesus sat, sat down and the church went out. Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. At the end of this age, there's a people on, the, on earth that have a voice, that have a message, that have a power imparted to them. Let's be that people right here in Roeville, right here in our city of Melbourne, right here because there are people dying and they need Jesus. But also, let's think of the nations of the world. Our little can do so, so, so very much in the nations of the world. Let's not be materialistic. Live for ourselves. Think of our own prosperity only. But think of the welfare of nations and how we can help nations. We live in a very rich nation. You didn't have to save six months to come to this meeting by bus like those people there. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad about that? I'm glad about that. I have a car. Paid. I don't, I don't have debts. I'm so grateful. Amen.